Hi, my name is Akriti Desai from FemExec, and today I'm here with Amy Hartle from As We Are Now. Hi. Hi there. Um, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here. Could you give us a couple sentences about your business? Sure. As We Are Now is designed to support women in various stages of survivorship after breast cancer. So we have take a woman first focus and um, work on helping women reconnect with their bodies by teaching them to uh, work with various um, different self-care techniques, focus on the relationship with their bodies, body image. And our, our slogan is recover, reconnect, and reclaim. This is you beyond breast cancer. All right. Thank you. So why did you get into the industry of helping people specifically with breast cancer? It's a good question, and it's a very personal one. I come from a long family line of women who have been impacted by breast cancer. My grandmother, when I was very little, went through surgery. My mom, when I was 12 years old, was diagnosed and went through surgery and extensive treatment. Um, and even women further back in generations were, were aware of. So I've always known that I was at high risk for breast cancer. And actually in 2016, it was confirmed that I have a gene mutation called BRCA1, BRCA1, and I'm positive for that mutation. So that put me at an extremely high risk, like statistically 86%. Um, and so I actually started working with women uh, who have been impacted by breast cancer in 2012. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. um, having that personal connection, do you think as we are now is a way for not only for you to help other people with their own body image and their dealing with breast cancer and how it's affected their lives, but also a way to help yourself in a way just to feel like you're doing something um, to uh, like attack breast cancer. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm sure that, and it's funny because I was reflecting on this the other day. Um, so often, so my background is actually in massage therapy and that's when I, that's when I started getting into the oncology space. Um, I had been, I have a long varied background of, um, working in retail. I was an executive at a small IT consulting firm for a number of years. And I, I think I finally found my calling when I, decided to go to massage therapy school. And it was at that point that I learned that there was this whole subset called oncology massage. And as soon as I knew that that was something available to, to learn and to study and to be a part of, I wanted to work in that space. I wanted to serve women who were, who were being impacted. You know, I was working with a lot of clients and all different types of, of cancer, but, but specifically I was drawn to helping women through, you know, who were dealing with breast cancer. And I think for me, it was a way to approach knowing what my own risk could be and that it could be me on the table someday. And working with, with those clients actually did help me prepare for the day when I finally was diagnosed in 2017. Um, you know, going into my own diagnosis and treatment, I had so much information because of not only my professional training, but, but the experience that I'd had working with women and gaining their insight and hearing their stories. And that's a big part of what drew me to take my career into this new path with As We Are Now, which is now turning the tables and giving women the same knowledge and information I have on how to take care of themselves. And 
I've always thought of myself as someone who wanted to work in service, you know, to be in service and help others. And I definitely think that's true, but I'm kind of realizing that there is a slightly more self-centered component to it because I, I find healing in this work. I find personal healing through helping others find their healing. Awesome. So how do you tend to conduct these conversations with these uh, women that are suffering from breast cancer? Is it on a non-pandemic affected area? Um, do you do a lot more interpersonal communication? Do you go to different schools or um, hospitals and talk to people there? Yeah, um, I work with, well, I, I still have generally two components to my, my professional life. I have the massage therapy component, which pre-pandemic, uh, obviously was a hands-on practice. I, I did a lot of education with individual clients, uh, teaching them how to do their own, their own self-care, talking with them about certain inherent risks. Um, almost every woman who goes through breast cancer has some inherent risk of uh, lymphedema, which is when you have, can have a swelling. Uh, typically with breast cancer, it's in an arm. And, you know, so talking about risks, understanding them, teaching them some uh, simple techniques they can do to, to manage the, that risk and even prevent prevent that issue. Um, and so I, I do a lot of talking. I volunteer and speak with different groups. Um, I've, I've done I've kind of an ongoing speaker series with the YMCA, one of our local chapters. Uh, they have a program that is specifically for oncology, oncology clients, people who are, you know, coming out of cancer treatment. And so I always go and talk with them. I'm a cancer coach at my local um, our local hospital, where I'm both a patient and a practitioner, I contract there twice a month and go and um, work with clients in their resource center. But one of the things that that's limiting about that, even before the pandemic, is I can really only impact people one-on-one. -on -one. And so with this business, I'm actually running it in a virtual platform. I have both an online membership community and I have a um, six-week virtual program then you know that's done through zoom in a group setting with various uh digital tools and resources and then of course a group coaching aspect um so that's that's typically how i how i run what i'm doing and as far as you know engaging in conversation a lot of what i'm trying to do is reach out to the women who don't all who don't feel supported currently by the climate out there in the breast cancer community. Um, you know, there's a lot of focus on awareness around early detection, which is so important. But one area that women feel neglected is as they're finishing their surgery and treatment and starting to go back into, you know, day-to-day -day life, a lot of women are, ta are taken by surprise with how difficult it can be to transition back. You know, they've had so much happen to them and it really, is a time when all of a sudden all of their appointments have stopped and now they have to figure out how to be themselves again. And, and they're surprised when it um, doesn't feel normal right away. And so, you know, a lot of what I'm doing is just trying to have that conversation, talk to the women who are, um, who are feeling a little bit lost in the shuffle or a little bit cast aside and helping them find a space um, where they feel like they belong and, and also to, take back a little bit of their personal power by teaching them what they can do for themselves so that they have more self-reliance and confidence in their day-to-day -day lives. Of course. So that is something that you were able to see firsthand through your family members and also through yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, from, from talking to so many women with 
um, you know, watch, well, watching my mom certainly growing up with her. I was young when she went through it all. Um, I was only 12 years old, but you know, 30 plus years later, she's doing great. Thank goodness. But she's, um, you know, she's, there's still impacts. There's physical, mental, and emotional lifelong impacts that occur when your, when your body and, and your mind and your heart go through such, such a life altering event. And I know for myself, I had a, a seven and a half hour surgery. I had a double mastectomy with immediate implant reconstruction. I also at the time chose to have my ovaries taken out because of uh, risk of ovarian cancer. And I, and I wanted to you know, take that risk off the table. Um, so I was put into the menopause at 41, which is pretty early. And it was an instant surgical menopause. Um, and I had a lot of, and then I went through eight rounds of chemotherapy and I had a lot of side effects that I wasn't anticipating. You know, there's certain things that you hear about as a woman that, especially as you're getting older and it's like, okay, you hear, you know, you kind of know some of, of what women talk about with things like menopause, with menopause, um, hot flashes and mood swings, but there were a lot of other physical side effects like joint pain and fatigue, um, that I really didn't anticipate. And a lot of it was just coming off of you know, such a long period of time of my body being, being under such trauma, both surgically and then through chemotherapy. So it really, I mean, I would say it took me a solid year to get, get to the feeling like kind of like where I was before. And even now there's still, I'm, I'm, I was diagnosed, went through everything in 2017. So I'm, um, not even two, I'm not even like two year, three full years out from finishing treatment. And there's still things that, you know, certain days I find I'm more tired or um, need, you know, my energy isn't where, like, I just, I just need more self-care and rest than I, than I did previously. So yeah, I definitely experienced that personally and, and kind of searching for answers, everything from finding a comfortable bra, um, because all of a sudden none of my bras fit and I wasn't supposed to wear underwire. And like, there were all of these little things that you don't even think about going into it all. And, um, you know, there's just not a lot of, you have to, we end up having to cobble together a lot of the information for ourselves. And, and that's part of what I'm trying to do is to create a community in this particular point of life, you know, in these, in these few years or even further out after everything where women can come together in a safe space and talk about these issues um, and talk about things like nutrition and skincare and anxiety and things that matter to all women, you know, but how, how we uniquely are impacted because of our medical history. Wow. Well, congratulations on being a survivor. That's amazing. Thank you. And Thank you. Uh, I, I think it's really incredible that you're creating a community for uh, one of the most common types of cancers in the world. And, mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, as far as the passion in the community goes, how have you been able to um, focus that into a business that is your livelihood now? How, what kind of packages do you offer? How do you utilize a lot of more e-commerce or an internet-based approach? And how do you make sure that that community sense that your business really relies on um, is continues to go through the pandemic just because you're not going to have that it's not always going to be the same as interpersonal communication absolutely um well i'm definitely doing what i can to utilize 
various technology to make sure that I can stay connected. I was lucky to have some experience with things like Zoom and different platforms prior to all of, to prior to all of the pandemic. And one of the reasons, so you asked about what I offer. Um, I, I run a six week virtual program that is it's called the body empowerment program and it's focused on helping women reconnect and rebuild their relationship with their bodies by teaching them um certain tech you know we we do guided meditations that they can like an audio meditation that they can download and listen to and make their own and work with i have um you know digital downloads that they can utilize uh talking about risks of lymphedema so that i think education is one of the most important things um and so you know things that they can refer back to and have on hand and then of course we use i use zoom to actually run the program so that um, we can see each other, they can, you know, really see what I'm doing and that there's an interactive, interactive aspect to it. Um, it is a, it's a three-tiered program. So certain levels are available to have a small group coaching for further, um, some more detailed techniques and then also one-on-one -on -one coaching with me so that women feel like they can get the level of support that they need. Um, as for the, the, the community, I actually chose to run it uh, on a, a Mighty Network. I don't know if you've heard of that, but it's a really great membership type platform. You can also run courses on it. And, you know, I know there's a lot of opportunity to have groups and such on platforms like Facebook, but there's also a lot of noise uh, there these days, especially since everything happened with the pandemic because so many more people are jumping online and trying to find community. So it was always really important to me even before this started to have a safe dedicated space that had that really is its own thing. And the cool thing about a Mighty Network is it's its own, like the only people in our network are community members. Um, and so they have their own login, you know, everything that's in there is dedicated to what we're doing. And that really helps keep the conversation relevant. There's a, you know, much like Facebook, there's a member chat feature. So you can connect with people one-on-one -on -one, you can do an all member. Um, I can, you know, you can put up posts and discussions and polls and articles. So it is a lot of online communication at this point, um, but it seems to be working pretty well so far. Awesome. You found a, I would say like kickback because you are a female in a higher powered position. Like you mentioned, you used to be an executive and now you're a CEO of a brand new company. Would you say that you have experienced some type of discrimination or you felt that you weren't treated as equal as if a man was doing the same job as you? And if so, any experiences that you'd like to share with us or any advice that you've learned along the way? That's a great question. I, I don't know. I actually would say that I experienced more challenges with being a woman in, in, a, you know, in, in the business world when I was younger. Um, straight out of college, I ended up working for a large government contracting company, you know, multi-billion dollar global firm. And I was young. I was straight out of college. I worked with a lot of older gentlemen who are engineers and, you know, military background. And I think they didn't quite know what to do with me a lot of the time. Um, I, I, you know, they, they treated me probably more like a daughter than they did, uh, than they did a, a peer. Um, and, uh, you know, at the time it wasn't, I don't know that I viewed it as discrimination, but it was definitely 
it was definitely felt that, you know, that I, I kind of felt like it wasn't really, I wasn't the right fit for that world. Um, you know, going into business for myself, um, I think that I'm in a unique position working in the space I'm working in because it's specifically breast cancer, which is even though certainly men can um, can develop breast uh, breast cancer, it's a predominantly woman oriented field. Um, I do sometimes feel that it is challenging. Um, it's challenging coming from a background of what's often looked at as complementary or integrative care, like massage therapy and lymphatic drainage therapy, because I'm not a physician. Uh, mm -hmm. So trying sometimes to get into certain networks, like especially within the larger cancer hospitals, you know, trying to establish yourself and, and explain that, you know, I have something to share that's very relevant and valuable um, is, is a tough thing. Um, personally, as far as whether about, you know, discrimination from being a woman, I sometimes think that we put that on ourselves more than anything. At least I know I do. I often think about, you know, if I was a man, how, how much braver, how much bolder would I be in not having to rely on, on credentials or not feeling like I needed to take another course to justify my experience and what I have to teach. And that was a real challenge for me in launching, you know, this new, when I launched this new business was to really step up and into my own knowledge and experience and say, no, I do have, I do have a voice and I do have something worth sharing and that can actually make a difference and that it can be a business that, you know, supports me as well. Um, and I think that's something all women need to, to realize and to embrace is that, you know, we don't, men so often go for what they want and we feel like we have to shore ourselves up to be totally ready. And, and I think that one thing I'm learning is that, um, you know, I, I can move forward as I am and, um, and take, take up space in this, in this particular field. Wonderful. And, um, how, how, well, okay. No, I'll start over. Um, when you started running your business, um, with that transition, what was, I know that you were following your passion to help other people create a new community, but was there something where you were like, I can't believe I have to do this while running a business. I just wanted to pursue my passion and now I have to, you know, file taxes or do all this paperwork or payroll. And if so, what is that one thing? I know everyone has that one little business technical thing that always gets on their nerves. Yeah. Um, you know what? I've always, because I've been self-employed in the massage therapy world for a long time, I've always been pretty good about like, I file my taxes and I haven't had to do with payroll. Um, I think the hardest thing is that it's just me at this point. And it's the, um, it's something like website design. You know, I, I love, I actually love web design and I've taught myself over the years and I keep getting better and better at it. But it's when I realize that, you know, I've built out my website and I think I'm ready to go. And then I seek out feedback and, and people who are more experienced than I am in this space go, well, you really need to build out a sales page like, you know, this, that, and the other. And, and you, so it should flesh it out. And it needs to be about four times as long. And this is what the flow should be. And I'm like, oh my God, okay. And I have to almost feel like I'm starting over. You know, I have to sit down and, and navigate that. Or um, 
realizing that I want to create an opt-in, you know, if I want to provide something free, like a free resource that someone can download and sign up for my newsletter, I am the only person, you know, so I have to sit down and figure out how to create a workflow and, and what kind of opt-in am I going to create? And, and so I think that's one of the challenges is, is going into, you know, sole entrepreneurship at this point at any level is just knowing that it's all me and that starting a business like this, that's so different from anything else I've done, especially say with something like massage therapy, most people know what massage therapy is. So marketing it is a little bit easier because even if they don't fully understand what I do with my particular clients, they at least have a concept of what I'm talking about as soon as they see the words therapeutic massage. What I'm creating now is so new and, it, and kind of in its own unique space um, that you know I'm, I'm having to do a lot of learning as I, as I go and, and on how to, to share the message. And while I love it, it's definitely, it seems like, you know, every time I make progress, then I, then I realize there's something else that I need to do for the betterment of my business. And that, you know, it can be tough. It can be those moments where it's like, oh, I thought I had it all straightened out. And now I have to take a step back, take a deep breath, sit down and keep working and realizing that a business like this is never, you know, you're never done. You could, you, I could work 24 seven if I, if I wanted to, or allowed myself to, and really taking the time to make sure that I'm enjoying my personal life as well as spending the necessary time to move my business forward. And what would you say to the women that you were, um, when you were just starting your business, however many years ago, um, any advice that you've learned along your, uh, along your journey and it just, if you could talk to your past self, what would you tell her? Yeah. Um, I would tell her that you have no idea what you're capable of. You know, I would tell her that, um, you, you really can do this. And that when you sit down and put the work in, like, like I've done that, you will be amazed at, at the progress you will make. You know, you start with this tiny little blink of an idea that you can't even, you're really not even sure what it, what it could be or what it, what it is. It's just, you just have this, like, I just had this concept of this, this something along this line someday and step by step, thought by thought, you know, action by action, it evolved. And so I think to not, you know, I would tell myself, don't be afraid to start somewhere and, and to just start doing, start doing the work that it takes to get there because it will evolve. I think so often it's easy to, to try and think of the end goal and then want to know how to reverse engineer it and feel like the take, there's so much you know, it's such a long journey. And really, I think just starting somewhere right. and moving forward is how you actually get there. All right. And for my last question, I wanted to ask you what advice you had for future female business owners that are listening. Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I would say probably the exact same advice I would, I would give my, give, given my, my younger self, which is if you have an idea if there's something you're drawn to do, do it, start, figure out, you know, what is the simplest thing that you can do to get started and do it. And also to believe in yourself. You know, we all have knowledge and skills 
that we are able to share in this world. And there's no reason that, you know, almost anything can be turned into a business. Um, there's a local girl that I always love to talk about, and she's uh, local to my area, but she's quickly becoming quite known uh, virtually. And she braids hair and she's the braid babe. And like I in a million years never would have thought about making a business out of braiding hair, but she's like got this huge following. People love her. She does all kinds of, you know, parties when it was, when she was able in tutorials and like, how amazing is that? So, you know, what, whoever you are, whatever you're dreaming of doing, go for it because it is possible. You know, it won't be easy, but it's definitely doable. And the only way you'll ever know is if you try. All right. Thank you so much for doing this interview. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This has been great. Oh, great. Um, Where can our listeners find you and your business? Sure. Um, Well, they can find me under As We Are Now uh, on both Instagram and Facebook. And my website is under my name, which is Amy Hartle. So it's, it's Amy Hartle, H-A-R-T-L.com. Um, and then the, the community is actually run on its own platform. And that is uh, www.as-we-r-now.com. All right. Uh, everyone should really go check out this community. Tell her that FemExec sent you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much.